So in starting tonight, I'm not going to have you turn to a passage just yet, but as the title you can see of my sermon is Come As You Are, and I don't know how it came to me, it just, it's the feeling I've been feeling over the past few weeks is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about and I wanted to share with you. See, we all hear this phrase, we all heard this phrase many times, I know I have, but I've never quite understood the power that it is behind this statement. I know we sing songs about it, teachers teach it, preachers even preach about it, but I never knew how powerful this phrase is until I studied about it. See, as you think about this phrase, come as you are, let's just briefly look at who Jesus called to be his disciples. Just to name a few, he called a tax collector, a traitor to his own men, a couple of fishmen with a bunch of big mouths, a couple of hotheads, and a little bit later, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, known as Paul. He even used men like Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Onesimus, and he is calling us today. See, something I was reading about when I was studying this is something I learned. The Lord doesn't want you to change before you come to Him. That's not how it is. He wants you to come just as you are to Him. The Lord wants all of our flaws, our failures, our mistakes, no matter what past we have, and He can make something great out of us. That's right. That's right, yes. Just take me for an example. I get terrified of speaking in front of people. I'm pretty sure you can see me shaking up here. <laughs> but the Lord called me into the ministry. I think He's kind of funny doing that. Because I get terrified of speaking in front of people, and He called me to be a preacher for Him. Just like He called those disciples back then. He didn't go to the religious elite. He didn't even tell them to change before they came to him. He just walked up to them and said, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. He didn't tell them to become something before they followed him, but he asked them just to follow him. See, the Lord wants us to come to him just as we are. And he can do mighty things through us. Let's just take a moment and think, what does this phrase, come as you are, mean to each and every one of you? See, when I think about this phrase, I realize that nothing I can do can redeem me. Just like the Pharisees back then, they thought the works and keeping the law could keep them. And they could get to heaven through doing that. But I realized in studying this, I don't need to change to come to Him. He accepts me right where I am. All my dirty sins, all my failures, all my mistakes, all of it. Covered by His blood. And He is calling us to come just as we are. So I want to look tonight at some examples from the scriptures as we see people who follow the Lord. I'm going to use one example and I want to show the Lord in this. I want to show someone that followed the Lord despite his past failures, his past mistakes, despite his violent past. But he came to the Lord just as he was. And we read throughout the scriptures that the Lord used him in a great way. And this person is known as Paul. Originally known as Saul, this man sought to hunt down Christians, persecute them, maybe kill them. But his main thing was separating families and persecuting Christians. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, this says, Saul, which is known as Paul, still bringing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found any there of the way, either men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. 
See, here we see some of what Paul was involved in before he came to know the Lord on the road to Damascus. He hunted down believers and persecuted Christians. But God changed his life completely. Paul couldn't have changed his life from what he was doing. I'm pretty sure if he was on his own way, he would have continued doing what he wanted to do. But Paul got stopped on that road to Damascus, and the Lord changed his life completely. And he came to the Lord just as he was. As we read throughout the New Testament, we see God change his life completely. He basically did a full 180. And he allowed the Lord to change his life, and we see he did great things. But it wasn't just Paul. It was the Lord through Paul. Just a few things. Is Paul was a mentor to Timothy and Titus, younger in the faith. He helped plant many churches. He encouraged many churches as he served the Lord. He even disciplined some churches and showed them what the Lord wanted them to do. But it wasn't just that. That was the Lord working through him. Paul also went through a lot of physical persecution. Just a few as he was beaten on many, many occasions. It doesn't exactly say how many. Being shipwrecked, thrown in prison on so many occasions that a lot of his books are written from prison. But Paul knew it wasn't for his own glory. It was the glory of a father that redeemed him from what he was. See, Paul didn't allow his past to define what he was. He met the Lord on that road to Damascus and completely changed. From persecuting the church to encouraging the church. And as you see at the end of Paul's life, he was able to say these final words he was writing to Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. From now on, a crown of righteousness is laid up for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all of them who have loved his appearing. See, Paul was faithful to the Lord after he was converted, and Paul was able to say these words to Timothy, his own son in the faith. Now, don't get me wrong, Paul wasn't perfect. But he was an example for those early Christians, and he's an example for us today as recorded in the Scripture. Paul didn't allow none of his past to define him. As he read through the Scriptures when he first converted, they all were scared of him at first. Because of what he had done. But he didn't allow outside influences to control how much he loved the Lord. How much he did for the Lord. In the end, Paul gave his life for the Lord. And at the end of Paul's life, he knew he had given all he had to the Lord. And when he neared the end, he was able to say, I have fought a good fight, and I have kept the faith. Are we able to say that same thing? See, I have an analogy for you. See, the, the wonderful thing about electronic calculators is that if the wrong buttons are pressed, and you mess all that equations up that you're working on, you can just press one button. You can press that clear button. And the whole entire calculation can be restored to zero and you can restart. See, some people are in situations that they can't unravel themselves. Their lives are so twisted and turned that they can't figure anything out. They're too confused, they're too frustrated. But there is one that can unravel that situation, just like you did with Paul's life. And that's the Lord. 
See, he's just waiting for us to come to him just as we are so he can press that clear button in our lives. And he's ready to pardon us from all of our sins. See, the Lord did that for Paul. Paul was on the road to Damascus to hunt down Christians. But he stopped him dead in his tracks. Paul offered Paul, or God offered Paul a second chance at life. And we see Jesus offers the same thing to each and every one of us. See, our God is a God of second chances. Lord knows I need a lot of those. But He forgives us through all of our faults. Not just some, all of them. He forgives us for all of our issues that we have, and He loves us no matter what. Which leads me into the second point. To show off what the Lord has done for us. Now I could go on and on about how much the Lord has done for each and every one of us. But I have five things I want to share. And as we see what Paul had done for the Lord in his life, in the life he lived, let's look at what the Savior has done for each and every one of us. As I said, there are so many things I could say I could go on and on. I could keep you all here till midnight. Probably even later, speaking about all the great things the Lord has done. And I'm pretty sure we all can say that the Lord has done so much for our lives. See, the things He has done for us could go on and on for ages. But I want to focus on five things that stood out to me in my study. First, is He humbled Himself for us. Secondly, He sacrificed Himself for us. Third, He conquered death to have a relationship with us. Number four is he's always faithful. And number five is he loves us and forgave us of everything. Now let's go back through those. Let's just focus on that first point for a few moments. Just a few names of the Lord is he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. But he came to this earth in the most humble way. He wasn't born to a mighty king, not born to a rich and popular family but born to a virgin girl in a stable in the small town of Bethlehem, whose bed was even a manger, a place where animals ate. See, the King of Kings came to this earth in the most humble way. But it's one of the most powerful pictures of the lengths that he would go to redeem us and have a relationship with us. Second, one of the most known Bible verses is John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. See, secondly, we see He sacrificed Himself for us. As I said a few moments ago, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the God of creation came down and took on the form of man. To live a sinless life and one day become our ultimate sacrifice. And on that cross, the Lord went through some excruciating things that He had never experienced before. For one, He had never felt the weight that sin has on people, and He took all of it onto Himself for us. He bore the world's sins, past, 
present, and future. And he experienced separation from his own father. So that we can have a relationship with him. See, as I was studying, I was listening to a song. I, I thought that the lyrics to this song were amazing. It's called My Victory. Just some of the lyrics says, You came for criminals and every Pharisee. You came for hypocrites, even one like me. You carried sin and shame, the guilt of every man. The weight of all I've done nailed into your hands. And then he says, Oh, your love bled for me. Oh, your blood and crimson streams. And then this part right here. Oh, your death is hell's defeat. Amen. A cross meant to kill is my victory. See, the Lord came to this earth in humility. He came to this earth, lived for 33 years. His own people rejected him. They actually wanted him dead on many occasions. The nation that was waiting for the Savior of them couldn't even recognize that their Savior was there with them. And then third, we see that he conquered death and the grave. He was put to death on the cross by his own people that rejected him. But it took three days. Three days later, that stone rolled away and Jesus walked out of that grave. And now he is alive forever. He's seated at the right hand of our Father and is our intercessor to the Lord. We sing this song in church quite often and the words is amazing. It says, death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and the grave, the heavens are roaring the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. And then this next part right here, it says, you have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. See, nothing compares to our Savior. There's so many names we could call him, but something that stood out to me was he is all-powerful. He's our shepherd. And he's our redeemer. And we can have a personal relationship with that Savior. See, we can be freed from the bondage that sin has over us. Sin has a hold on us. But he paid for that. We just have to come just as we are to Him. I have another analogy for you. See, in New York Harbor, there is a lady who stands tall. She holds a torch in her hand, giving light. And inscribed on a pedestal where she stands are these famous words. It says, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. See, we know this one, this person, as Lady Liberty. And she stands there in New York Harbor with a crown on her head that has seven spikes. The spikes speak of the seven seas and seven continents. In other words, no matter where you are in the world, you can come to America. You can come with all your mess, you can come with all your problems, you come with all your burdens and all your needs. And you come because Lady Liberty is holding a torch to show you the way. 
And at the bottom of Lady Liberty's feet is a chain that has been broken. She is inviting the broken and bruised people who have been held hostage in one situation or another. No matter where they are in the world, they are welcome to come to America to find freedom. God is holding that same promise of freedom for us. To those who are looking to escape the bondage of sin. To escape the bondages that hold over their life. And he welcomes all to come and bring their problems, their burdens, their issues and needs to him. And he is all faithful to show us the way. See, we were stuck in the bondage of sin, but the Lord died to free us from them. And he wants to have a relationship with us. As we sang earlier, the Lord is always faithful too. There's never a moment in time when he's not faithful. It's just like the sun. The sun is shining 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All year, all decade, and all century long. It just keeps on shining. The problem is, though, the earth gets dark. How can there be all that light and the earth still gets dark? It's because the earth turns. The earth gets dark because the earth is spinning on its axis. And the side that faces the sun gets light while the other side is in darkness. But if there's darkness in your life, it's not because God is turning. It's because we're turning. See, He is the Father of lights, and in Him is no darkness at all. God is faithful, and He's always there, just like the sun. He's always shining, He's always there. There's no shifting or moving with Him. It's us. We turn away from Him. But the Lord is always faithful to us. Even when I mess up, even when I don't make the right decisions, He's always faithful, and He's always there. No matter what we do, or what we will do, His love for us will never change. And He will always be there for us no matter what. Said the example of Paul. Paul went through a lot. But the Lord is always there for him, just like He was there throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. In John 14, 6, He says, Jesus is speaking, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Amen. And then in Matthew chapter 16, leading into the next point. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And leading up to the final point, the main theme of what I want to share is you don't need to change to come to the Lord. Paul was a bad man before he came to the Lord, and the Lord changed him completely. The final point I have is come as you are. No matter what you have done or where you are at in life, come as you are to Him. We are given a brief look into Paul's past and we see the bad things he was doing. But the Lord changed him completely. The Lord changed many people's life who came just as they were to him. Peter, 
You set an example. He was a fisherman. He had a big mouth too. He still had a big mouth after he came to know the Lord, but he used that mouth to proclaim the gospel. We see David in the Old Testament. He made his fair share of mistakes, but the Lord protected him and guided him where he needed to go. Or Abraham. God used a shepherd to bring the nation of Israel. Now don't get me wrong, all those men had their fair share of issues, and I'm not saying you won't have your issues either. Paul went through a lot of trials. Peter went through a lot of trials, and eventually they died for the Lord. But as we see throughout the Bible, we see that so many gave their lives because they came just as they were to the Lord. They didn't stay where they were. They asked the Lord to help them and guide them, and the Lord did mighty things through them. Now don't get me wrong, following the Lord is not easy. Just look at the life of Paul, Peter, or even Stephen. Those men were put to death for the cause of Christ. But the Lord received glory from him. And as Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight and I have kept the faith. See, these men gave their lives to the Lord despite their flaws and issues they had in their life. And the Lord used them for great things. Just like He can do through each and every one of us. No matter what our social status is, no matter how much money we have, the way we dress, the car we drive, the Lord wants a relationship with us. He wants us to come to Him just as we are. Just thinking about it, it's crazy. See, the God of creation, the all-powerful creator, wants a relationship with someone like me. But that's how much he loves you and I. He loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. So in any tonight, if I could have the song leaders come up. What I want to share with you tonight is the Lord wants us to come just as we are. There's no need to change before we follow Him. No, there's no need to allow the past to hold its dark cloud over us any longer. See, the Lord has already paid for everything on that cross. And He runs a relationship with you and I. See, He holds out His hand waiting for us to grab a hold of it. And He will never let go. No matter the mistakes we have made or will make, the Lord loves us and wants us to follow Him no matter what. We no longer have to allow the past to define who we are. We can allow the Lord to define who we are in Him. The God of all creation wants a relationship with us. Just as He called the disciples on the shores of Galilee. He didn't ask them to change before they came to Him. He just said, follow me and I will make you fishers and men. He didn't tell them to change before they came. He just asked them to follow Him. He asked them to come just as they were to Him. See, the God of all creation is wanting a relationship with us. And the only thing we need to do is surrender to Him and allow Him to change our lives. Are we willing to do that tonight?
Let's see. Let's see.